back, everybody. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause, and joining me now, it is someone who will do more by 4 o'clock than most of us will do all week. Four-time gold medal winner at the Olympics in women's hockey, Hockey Hall of Famer, Assistant General Manager of the Maple Leafs, and a resident physician. It is Dr. Haley Wickenheiser. Haley, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, thanks for having me, Matt. When was the last time you slept in, got up, and then binge-watched a TV show all day? <laughs> oh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long time. But yes, I'm, I, I, I am busy, but I do love to binge-watch every once in a while. <laughs> I just can't, I can't imagine that. Um, <laughs> but there's so much to get into. And one of the reasons we're having you on today is first to congratulate you. Um, you are winning the Empire Club of Canada, the Nation Builder of the Year Award, which helps to recognize an individual or an, or an organization who's made positive, timely, and lasting contributions to Canadian society. I can't think of anyone more, well, no, I'm sure there are others, but you are more than deserving of this award. I was watching the documentary uh, on you on TSN the other day. I was wondering if you could tell everyone about, let's just start here, hockey in the Himalayas with Wickfest in India. <laughs> yeah, it was quite an incredible experience. There was 11 of us um some of us were hockey players, NHL, Western League, uh, women's game. Others were just good Samaritans. So uh, we put together uh, 65 bags of hockey gear and went up into 13,000 feet into the Himalayas and worked with a group of uh, young girls that uh, play hockey up there on the Indus River and are really promoting and trying to grow the game across India. You would never associate India with ice hockey, but um, actually their military plays up up on the, the Himalayas on the, the Pakistani-India uh, borders there. They play quite a bit because it's cold. So uh, we ended up playing against some of the military teams as well as uh, helping the girls out. And it was uh, it was an incredible experience. It's amazing where the game can take you. And uh, I literally felt like I was playing hockey in heaven. Yeah, it, it, I recommend everyone go check it out visually. It's gorgeous, and you bring in equipment to to some of the young girls there that might not be able to afford it. It's it's a great story, uh, and just what a cool adventure. Well, speaking of just women's hockey, I'm curious, Haley, how far has women's hockey come in terms of recognition, financial viability, say now in 2023, versus when you won your first gold back in 1994? Well, I mean, uh, I guess uh, from that span of time, a tremendous uh, growth in the game, both in the numbers playing, the, um, you know, just the resources that are allocated to the women's game now. There's more eyes, uh, you know, the advancement of social media makes it more accessible for people to learn about the players, things like that. In terms of, um, you know, the country's uh, growth of the game as well, I think it's come a long ways, but uh, we still have... You know, we don't have a professional women's league in hockey. And, uh, and you know, I think many of us would have thought 10 years ago we wouldn't still be talking about this, but we are. That's a frustrating aspect for me. Um, two leagues that can't seem to figure out how to make one. So uh, I think that's really the next step that will propel the women's game uh, to, to the next level is to have professional hockey where they're paid to play. Yeah, and it it is, I mean, I, I was going to say the word remarkable, but there's much better adjectives. I, I'm, I'm amazed it hasn't happened yet, especially when you just see the level of growth and the level of talent. I mean, and, and I've always said this, um, there's almost nothing as a sports fan that I enjoy more than watching when, when the Canadian women would take on the American women in any international hockey event. That, to me, is at the highest level of sports. 
Yeah, I was talking to uh, someone a few days ago who said, you know, the, the gold medal game in Sochi was a, it was a hockey, an NHL hockey player. He said the gold medal game in Sochi was one of the best games that he'd ever seen. And so I think when you see Canada and the U.S. play against each other, regardless of where it is in the circumstances, it's always guaranteed to be a great game. It's one of the greatest rivalries in all of sport. And, uh, you know, something I think people love to watch because it's like razor sharp between the two teams and the outcome is really unpredictable. How much pain were you in in Sochi? Uh, you know what? I wasn't. I wasn't in that much pain. Uh, it was more just managing uh, a looming surgery that I knew I had to have, and uh, and uh, trying not to make it any worse. So uh, I had a little scooter. I actually broke my foot, so I was using a scooter to get around the athlete village, so I could deload my my foot, and uh, it seemed to help me quite a bit. I'm sure it must have been the most high end stainless steel scooter if it was helping to transport one of Canada's greatest hockey players. You know what? It was the cheapest Toys R Us scooter. I think I bribed some of the security guards at the, the athletes' village to take it through into the village. They weren't going to allow it, so I ended up getting every Canadian athlete to sign that scooter. It's probably one of my prized memorabilia items from all the Olympics that I've been through because it just represents so much. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, and you'll find that also in the documentary. Um, by the way, reminder everyone to go to EmpireClubOfCanada.com, and that is coming up at the end of January, where Dr. Haley Wickenheiser will be receiving that award. It's going to be in conversation with uh, with Tessa Benham, and again, that's on January thirtieth at eleven a.m. Um, what part do you think you've played and will continue to play in terms of just? The, the term shattering the glass ceiling now as an assistant general manager of the Maple Leafs. And for me, when I found out that that happened, I was just like, oh, yeah, that makes complete sense. But maybe 10, 15 years ago, that would have been seen as more of an oddity. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that reaction is kind of the reaction that we all want to have. You know, uh, many women are working in the in the NHL and rightfully so. They're very capable and competent at what they're doing. And uh, you know, I think that the telltale thing will be when the, when the first woman gets fired, <laughs> it's inevitable. You know, you're you're kind of hired to be to be fired in the NHL. It's a tough place to work, and so uh, you know when that becomes the norm, and, and we're not really talking about it anymore. I think for all of us, all the women that work, like that will be something that uh, you know we kind of expect and, and look forward to. Uh, but certainly, there's lots of, of qualified females out there. You know, if you've been in the game a long time, you study it, you work hard. It, it, there are opportunities now, which is great to see. Yeah, and I think just when it becomes normal, when it's about the name and not the gender, as an assistant yeah. general manager, or eventually as as a general manager, where we're not even going, wow, look at uh, look at this uh, remarkable yeah. moment. Maybe the best one would be if uh, the first female general manager gets fired, and the fans the fans are upset about who she drafted. That would be the ultimate sign of normalcy. Well, that's that's when you know uh, that's when you know it's good when they're when they're yelling and screaming at you about your hockey decisions and not uh, that you're a woman working in hockey. So that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, ab- absolutely. Look, look who Haley drafted. I can't believe she took this person. What a ridiculous, what a ridiculous pick. Um, what's more draining for you, Haley, playing against the states for a gold medal or a shift at the hospital? Oh, that's a great question. Um, they're very different uh, mentally. Um, I would say that the the pressure and the expectation of playing in those big big moments against the U.S. Um, but I would take that in a heartbeat. The the grind of going through medicine and just the day to day 
stamina and cognitive load that you go through to just finish uh, med school and residency. It's hard in a different way. So I'd pick those U.S.-Canada games any day again. It was uh, was the best job ever. (laughs) But I like what I'm doing now. True or false, um, back in the day, especially maybe the early Olympics, you would not get into an elevator with a member of the American women's hockey team. True. (laughs) I love that. I love that version of sports hate. Um, Sort of bouncing from sort of fun to serious uh, we always hear what's going on in the news, and social media can distort things. Just from your perspective, what is the situation like right now in the hospital? And I mean, obviously, just you can only answer it from your own perspective. What is it like in the hospitals right now that you're working in? Um, well, uh, we just got through a, a very big uh, uh, technical failure here at UHN in the last uh, day or two. It was all over the news. I'm sure people yep. saw it. So our, our EMRs were down, which caused... A lot of stress and, and difficulty to manage patients, but we're back up. So from that perspective, things are, I find, always busy here There is since I started medicine. Um, we have a lot of wards on lockdown with COVID. I, 10 minutes ago, was just seeing a COVID-positive patient. It's everywhere and very prevalent and will, I think, always be present. Uh, are people getting as sick as they once were? I don't think so. Um, if you're vaccinated, uh, you're taking wise precautions. People usually do quite well. Uh, so in my experience, uh, we're still very much, it's, it's part of our lives. We deal with it every single day. Um, and it's sort of become our norm. But uh, I think it's something we have to live with and learn how to manage moving forward. And then on top of that, our system, our, our hospitals are just very, very busy to begin with. But I will say, if you're not feeling well and you're sick, please come to the hospital because we will always take care of you. Um, absolutely. And again, um, get vaccinated. Uh, just, just going back, and I've never asked you this, and I, I, I'd love to hear your perspective. Where did your love for the game come from? Was there, like, was there a moment where it just all clicked, where you realized that this was the passion that you wanted to follow? I always loved the game. Uh, I watched my dad play old timers hockey in Shawnee, Saskatchewan, and wasn't much to do in the winter there but play hockey or curl <laughs> so um i i was skating on the outdoor rink at the age of five i didn't play structured hockey uh a lot uh, for the first couple of years i did a lot of outdoor rink and experimenting and watching hockey in canada and just figuring it out on my own and um i always loved the game i i think uh sort of in a way i was born to to play hockey it was kind of it it called by name, and and, uh, and I love that it's never the same thing twice on the ice. So um, I still do to this day, and I think when you when you love what you're doing, it doesn't really feel like work. The adversity that you had to deal with um, in your uh, 10, 11, in your early teens, and being cut from leagues because of your gender, how much did that adversity that you suffered as a child, how much did that mold you into the player you became? I think it was everything. I, I honestly think I went through several tough experiences as a kid, and, and that made me very resilient, uh, even uh, to what I've been able to, to, to survive today in the terms of getting through medicine and residency and manage uh, two full-time things. I think when you go through and you do hard things in life, it makes you stronger. So I'm kind of a fan of adverse uh, adversity and putting people in uncomfortable positions. I think sometimes uh, you come through the other side better, but uh, it certainly wasn't fun at the time. No, and just uh, in in Italy and then eventually playing in Finland, I mean, just for someone of all that you've accomplished in your skills, I also say good on you for not just eventually quitting and not because of uh, an issue with strength of character, but just at some points it must have gotten draining all the times you're getting pushed back only because of your gender. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, there were many times when I was like mostly in my early teenage years that my mom and dad would say like, are you sure you want to keep going? Because this is getting, this is hard and it doesn't look like it's much fun. But I, I can't really explain why. I always knew that my love of the game would overcome anything else I was going through. And in my mind, I just had to get on the ice. It was all the stuff that I had to deal with until that point when I stepped on the ice. And then I knew that I would be fine. So uh, a lot of stress and anxiety uh, around that. But I think today now for young girls, it's, it's it's much easier. You know, they can walk into a rink and nobody's looking twice, hopefully, and and uh, hopefully uh, not going through the things that, uh, that many of us had to many years ago. So, um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it's worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. Absolutely. And the comfort and more the normalcy now of the women's game of young girls that can go and play and a lot more options. You certainly played a small, small part in that. And that's why uh, the Empire Club of Canada, the Nation Builder of the Year Award, which is going to be going on January 30th at the Arcadian Court. Uh, it's going to be live streamed at 11 a.m. People can go to EmpireClubOfCanada.com for more information. Tessa Manam will be a part of it. As we end this, Haley, is there any, have you thought about any message or anything um, that you're going to say at this event to, to people that are watching or people that are attending? Uh, you know what? I haven't, I haven't really prepared a, I, I, uh, too much, Matt, but I, I think, you know, my message is going to be like, uh, I, uh, for everything I've experienced in both hockey and medicine, uh, I think you always get so much more back than you ever do, ever give out when you step up to help people or try to make a difference. So for anybody listening that's, you know, minor hockey coach, a volunteer, you know, parent, and is just out there trying to help people, help your kids in sport, I mean, um, it makes a big difference to be supportive and be positive, and you never know, uh, you know, which life you'll impact and and uh, the difference that you're going to make. So uh, I appreciate everybody that helped me through my athletic career, and I wouldn't be talking to you if I didn't have a, a pretty big village of people that lifted me up. And we appreciate you taking time. Uh, you're busier than most people I know, Haley. Congratulations just on your own journey uh, from the Olympics, now with the Maple Leafs, and then beyond that, everything with medicine and working at the hospital and all the work you're doing. I, you know, I don't use the term that much, but you are an inspiration, and I really appreciate Thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. Take care. Take care. That is Hockey Hall of Famer Haley Wickenheiser.